Good morning, faithful listeners. You have tuned in to the P40 Ministries podcast, the one place where you can get a daily explanatory Bible reading to start your day strong. This is your host, Jen, bringing you a brand new episode out of Genesis. Hey, friends and faithful listeners, thank you so much for tuning in this morning on this beautiful, beautiful morning to P40 Ministries podcast. And uh, one thing I wanted to do before we really jump into Genesis 46 was talk about my mission statement for the P40 Ministries podcast, mainly because I don't think I ever really made it clear as to why I started P40 Ministries. And so I kind of wanted to make that clear now, even though we are pretty much all the way through Genesis <laughs> and through the first season of P40 Ministries podcast. So I'm a little late to the game, but I think it's still good to talk about because I never really defined a mission statement for the P40 Ministries podcast. So the P40 Ministries podcast mission statement is this. The P40 Ministries podcast aims to point people to the character of God through consistent consecutive Bible readings and also express the importance of the Old Testament with enjoyable, relatable, and humorous content. Now, I'm not quite sure if I meet uh, the mission statement. (laughs) I don't know if my content is humorous or relatable, but I strive to make it that way. I just want people to understand that these people that are mentioned in the Bible are just like us. They are people the same as anybody nowadays. They had the same thoughts, the same feelings, the same struggles as anybody else. And so I want to help everybody understand that the Bible isn't just filled with a bunch of fairy tales about these people, but it's for real. These are real people, historical figures that actually have historical proof that these people existed. All the way from the time of Moses, there is historical proof that these people in the Bible really did exist. These aren't fairy tales. And so sometimes we make them seem like they are fairy tales. So that's the reason I started the P40 Ministries podcast. And also there was another reason. Um, When I was going through that horrible job that I had, I was allowed to actually listen to music or podcasts on my headphones while I was working. And so I read the Bible, or I should say I listened to the Bible from front to back, uh, chapter to chapter, and it was really eye-opening to me. I had read the Bible in sections, like they do in church, you know, they, they preach sections of the Bible. I had read it that way before. I had never read it from cover to cover. And so that changed my aspect on a lot of things. It changed my aspect a lot on God himself. And I kind of realized that God really doesn't change. He is the exact same God now that he was back then. And he functions and works exactly the same way as he did in the times of Moses and Abraham and Jacob. And that is why I really wanted to start the P40 Ministries podcast was to help people really understand the character of God. And plus to, you know, let people know that this is not a fairy tale, that this is real and relatable. People struggle now the same way these people back then struggled. But we still have the same God, the same exact God that these people back then had. 
And so that's just a very fascinating concept to me. And so if you've never listened to an audio version of the Bible, like a dramatized version of it, I definitely recommend that you get that. It was so eye-opening to me. And so that's why I started the podcast, and I wanted to make sure that that was clear before we moved forward any further into the Bible. Since we are going to be starting Exodus very soon, I really wanted to make my mission statement clear. And anytime you guys want to go back to that mission statement, you can find that on my website. I'm going to update that very quickly, the mission statement for the P40 Ministries podcast. But let's go ahead and read Genesis chapter 46, verses 1 through 7. It will be a shorter reading today, which is why I wanted to talk about my mission statement as well. And uh, we will be discussing about Israel traveling to Egypt. So grab your coffee and your Bible, and let's go ahead and read this. I will be reading out the W.E.B. version, as I always do. Israel traveled with all that he had, and he came to Beersheba and offered sacrifices to God of his father Isaac. God spoke to Israel in the visions of the night and said, Jacob, Jacob. He said, Here I am. He said, I am God, the God of your father. Don't be afraid to go down into Egypt. For there I will make you a great nation. I will go down with you into Egypt. I will also surely bring you up again. Joseph's hand will close your eyes. Jacob rose up from Beersheba, and the sons of Israel carried Jacob, their father, and their little ones and their wives, in the wagons which Pharaoh had sent to carry him. They took their livestock and their goods, which they had gotten in the land of Canaan, and came into Egypt, Jacob and all of his offspring with him, his sons and his sons' sons with him, his daughters and his sons' daughters. And he brought all of his offspring with him into Egypt. So we're going to stop there today and discuss this dream that Jacob had in the land of Beersheba. It says in verse 1 that Israel traveled with all that he had. And you remember that Israel is another name for Jacob. Jacob traveled with everything that he had. And I wonder if you guys remember from Genesis chapter 45, Pharaoh had actually told Joseph to tell his brothers that they didn't need to bring anything to Egypt because Pharaoh was going to take care of every single thing that uh, Joseph's family could possibly need. But perhaps even though Jacob understood this or Israel understood this, he was still scared to leave his stuff behind. Who wouldn't be? Who could have that amount of faith to just leave whatever they had behind and just go? Especially if you haven't seen your son in 20 years, because Israel had not seen Joseph for 20 whole years. For 20 years, Israel believed that Joseph was completely dead and gone. To hear from his other sons that Joseph is actually alive, and not only is he alive, but he's actually the second in command of one of the most mighty nations of the entire world at that time. Who, who could have that amount of faith? So I don't really blame Jacob here for taking everything that he had with him. I really don't blame him. And clearly, obviously, there was enough carts that Joseph had taken from Egypt to let the brothers have that they were able to store all of their stuff on these carts. So clearly, Jacob had enough room to take all of his stuff with him and did not have that blind faith that Joseph and Pharaoh expected from Jacob, of course. So now Jacob loads up all of his stuff in these carts that Joseph had provided to him and the donkeys that Joseph had provided. And it says that he came to the region of Beersheba. Do you guys remember Beersheba? 
We talked about Beersheba quite a lot in the previous episodes. Abraham had been in Beersheba. Isaac had been in Beersheba. And now Jacob was actually in Beersheba. And I believe, was it Jacob? No, I don't think it was Jacob that named it Beersheba. I think it was Abraham. But um, Abraham actually planted a tree in Beersheba. And this tree had uh, a lot of significance. And it was the place where Abraham had made offerings to God and Isaac had made offerings to God. And now Jacob is here and making offerings to God. So Beersheba was a very, very important place to the patriarchs, to that family. Jacob comes to that region of Beersheba, and it says that he offered sacrifices to the God of his father, Isaac. And he probably did this honestly because he was afraid. He was afraid to go down into Egypt. It's pretty clear he did not have this blind faith, did not believe that Joseph was still alive potentially, and took all of his stuff with him. So he was probably afraid. We know from the past that Jacob, or Israel, struggled with a lot of fear, especially encountering his brother Esau and stuff like that. He struggled with fear. And of course, he's going to struggle with fear again. He probably doesn't really want to go into Egypt, actually, now that you think about it, because God had told Isaac not to go into Egypt. Because I don't know if you guys remember the famine episodes we talked about with Isaac, and this is kind of all coming back to me as well. There was a famine during Isaac's day as well. And God had told Isaac, don't go into Egypt, just stay where you're at. And same with Abraham. Abraham had gone into uh, Egypt before Isaac was even born and had a lot of problems in Egypt with his wife and with the Pharaoh there and everything like that. There was a lot of problems in Egypt with Abraham. So perhaps Jacob is remembering these stories and thinking, I don't know if I should even go into Egypt because God had had told my father not to go into Egypt when there was a famine before. And also Abraham, my grandfather, had a lot of problems when he was in Egypt. So perhaps this is kind of going through Jacob's mind. Perhaps he's wondering if this is God's will for him to go into Egypt. He's probably getting scared. He probably remembers the story of God telling his father not to go into Egypt and everything like that. So Jacob is is probably battling with what should I do? Is this God's will? Is this not God's will? So he goes to Beersheba probably to offer sacrifices to God to get some sort of clarity as to what he should do, which is very understandable. We pray to God when we need clarity from him. And this is probably the same thing that Jacob is doing. He just needs some clarity. So he prays to God and offers those sacrifices to God. And it says that God came to Jacob to ease his mind. And it doesn't say that specifically, but this is really what God did. He came to Jacob to ease his mind. God's a very loving God. And God does give clarity to people all throughout scripture. And nowadays he gives clarity to people who ask for it, who need it. And so it says that God spoke to Israel or Jacob in the visions of the night and said, Jacob, Jacob. And so Jacob said, here I am. So he's in the middle of this dream. Jacob is dreaming. And God comes to him in this dream, calls out his name. Israel wakes up or potentially doesn't wake up. I'm not sure. But he says, here I am either in real life or in the dream. And so God says, I am the God, the God of your father. Don't be afraid to go down into Egypt, for there I will make of you a great nation. And he says, I will go down with you into Egypt. So how wonderful would it be to hear that from God himself? 
If we really needed clarity, if we weren't sure that we were doing the will of God and we heard God say, don't worry, don't be afraid. I'm actually going to go with you into this. That'd be, that would really relieve anybody's mind of anything like that. And so it says that God says this to Jacob and he continues. God continues saying, I will also surely bring you up again out of Egypt. So he says, don't worry, go into Egypt. This is all my will. I'm going to go there with you and I'm going to take you out again. And God even continues further with this beautiful statement here. Joseph's hand will close your eyes. What does that mean? That means that Joseph is going to be there with you when you are dying. I can't even imagine how Jacob felt hearing that. He's probably still wondering for sure if Joseph is even still alive or is alive. He's probably having his doubts, wondering if his sons are lying to him, anything like that. So he's probably having a lot of doubts as to whether Joseph is alive or not. But God is confirming to Jacob here that Joseph is in fact alive and Joseph's actually going to be there with you when you die. He's going to be at your bedside and when you die, he's going to close your eyes for you. He's going to bury you and all that stuff. So God eases Jacob's mind. And how fantastic is that? God is just such a great God. And so Jacob rose up from Beersheba is what it said. He, he gets up, he wakes up. And it says that they carried Jacob down into Egypt with all of those carts that Joseph had sent up to carry Jacob. And it says that they carried Jacob, their father, all their little ones and their wives into the land of Pharaoh or the land of Egypt. And it says that they took their livestock and their goods, which they had gotten in the land of Canaan, and they came into Egypt. Jacob and all of his offspring with him, Jacob and his grandsons, Jacob and everybody, his entire huge family, his sons and his son's sons with him, his daughters and his son's daughters. And it says that he brought everybody and everything he had into the land of Egypt. The story could end right there. And it would be such a beautiful story, even before Jacob is reconciled and brought back to Joseph, his favorite son. And this story would just be so beautiful, even if it ended right there, that Jacob is finally going into Egypt to see his son, to be in comfort there, and to have God traveling with him, and to know that Jacob is going to die in peace with his sons and with Joseph. So what a beautiful story. We're going to finish out this story, or this chapter, I should say, on Friday. So join me then at 6 a.m. But friends and faithful listeners, I have nothing else to say except happy listening and God bless.